This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, getting you ready for today's sports day. You know, three of the first four games have been at home, so you know, at some point in time you're going to have to venture out outside the 806, so that'll be... That'll start this week. While having a little fun along the way. Always good if you can blame it on somebody else, right? Yeah, sure. Especially some media guy. Sure. Right, some media guy. Catch the show live weekday mornings from 6 to 9 on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3. <laughs> I just heard this little ditty of a song right there. And um, all of a sudden, I remembered my last dream of the night last night. My, my last dream of the night last night, I was... I was um, Careful. Is it something that should be shared? Yeah, it's it's shareable. Okay. I, was, I didn't say it was shareable. Should, should it be shared? I was going to mow my yard, and then it started raining. <laughs> and I said to myself, I've done that before, but that, nah, I really don't want to mow in the rain today. So that was that. That was the end of that tree. <laughs> so anyway, so there, there, you, there you go. <laughs> Riveting, right? Riveting. You are an interesting fella. <laughs> that's that's what they tell me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know you, sometimes you, how to take that, but I, you know, I just I feel like you're I'm, definitely not boring. Well, that's good. I, mm-hmm. That's that's good. I feel like I'm, uh, you know, unique some days. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I feel like I'm a regular dude some days. You know, man of the people, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, and then some days I feel differently about that. Uh, hey, how about the Texas Tech men's golf program, Jamie? Just keep rolling. They just keep rolling. The n- number one ranked Texas Tech men's golf program, this is from uh, the Tech release, used a large charge to down the University of Oklahoma, three and a half to two and a half, in the championship match of the Big 12 match play event. So uh, good for them. They go. They went to the seventeenth hole, and the matches were all squared. Each team had two points, uh, but you know the uh, Red Raiders prevailed. So uh, that is uh, really really cool. Um, this week's uh, Big Twelve match play event was the final of four fall events that the Red Raiders will play. They'll return to action for the spring portion, February eighth through tenth. Um, at the Amir Eri, hosted by the University of Hawaii. Okay. That's a pretty good road game for them. Going to Hawaii. That's, you know, February, Hawaii. Yeah, it just makes sense. I think Coach Sands will uh, enjoy the trip. Yes, and, you know, I mean... And his guys. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This from Jay. He says, that was a great story, Mr. Hines. (laughs) Okay. Well, stand by, Jay. There's more to come, but I, I just... Yeah, I bet it won't be the last personal story from Chuck we heard today. That's just um, my guess. It might, it might be. You know, there, there, may be, there may be a day that I come in here and don't share one thing with you, and then... <laughs> <laughs> won't that... Won't anybody, anybody buying that anywhere in the world <laughs> looks around, sees no hands raised. You know, mm. it just, it just, just may be, just may be, okay? You're a sharer. That's okay. I'm a sharer. That's what yeah. makes the show go. <laughs> makes the show go. I was wondering what makes this. What makes the show go? Some days I mean, it's like, man, that was that was right. something. It may, go, it may go straight to the tank or the mm-hmm. gutter or whatever, mm-hmm. but it goes somewhere at least. What did you share at the dinner table with the, with the children yesterday about yesterday's program? <laughs> I, I didn't. I wasn't able to have dinner with the children last night. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And you couldn't. I didn't share anything. Nothing, nothing to, nothing to share. Nothing to share. <laughs> nothing to share. All right, but I, anyway, it's it, it's I, I, it is pretty cool to uh, to say top ranked, number one ranked, blah 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 blah. You know, you know, Texas especially Texas at the end of the season. Right. And you take that with you into the Christmas oh, break, man, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, you talk about Mo going into the into the into the winter. You know, it makes you want to go to the golf course a little bit more. Work on your chipping, working on your putting, you know, the driving range, see how far you can hit that thing. See if you can hit it to 4th Street from, you know, the Rawls course. How much of some of those guys can put on the parking lot of the VA or something like that over there? That'd be, that'd be, that'd be something. Go over there and mm-hmm. watch some of those guys just, you know, hit it as far as they can. Hey, see if you can hit, 
See if you can hit UMC over there. <laughs> Somebody taking their walk after hip replacement, you know, and all of a sudden golf ball comes flying through the window. Whoa, what was that? Oh, the tank golfers, they're at it again. They're number one in the they're number one in the world. So now they, they gotta they gotta show off their arms. Okay. Mildred, don't I'm, step in the glass. Yeah, I'm betting they don't do that. Mm, yeah, probably not. Probably not. Uh, this, uh, Chuck, I thought you were going to say you dreamed that you were too sexy for your shirt. I, I do say that from time to time. Going, God, you're too sexy for your shirt, man. Take that thing off. But never mind. Um, National League Championship Series is square at a game apiece. Padres rallied, uh, and they win the ball game over the Phillies 8-5. to five. That was kind of a must-winner for San Diego. Don't want to drop those first two at home for certain. Yeah. yeah. And now now the... Uh, I don't think the Yankees are necessarily in a must-win today, but um, I think it's... Because I think you can come back from a 2-0 deficit. It's hard. It's really, really hard. I mean, we all know that, but this is a, a best of seven, Right. So, yeah, and, it, and the first two being on the road, it's yeah. yeah I I think you, I think you're a little loose with your must wins. Okay, right now I, th- I, I think I think you're probably right about that. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I don't think I don't think it is, I don't think it is for the Yankees today. I don't think it's mm-hmm. a must win. Mm-hmm. I thought it was maybe a must win yesterday for the for the Padres. I don't know that you want to go down to, back to Philly down to love. I don't think you do, but. I mean, teams have come back from that. No, sure. no question about it. Sure. No, no question. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, this much qu- easier to do it if you're going back home. Yeah. And obviously the Padres wouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's a football question from the Yates Flooring Center chat line for you, Jamie. What concerns you all most about West Virginia? Yeah, I, th- I think they're. To me, we talked about it yesterday. It's it's their offense. I, I think they've. Got a pretty good passing attack, so I think they're going to challenge you in that regard. And um, I think they run the ball well. So, I mean, to me, it's it's their offense. Yeah, and um, you know, as far as you know, what Coach McGuire said the other day is, and this is you can say this about virtually every week, but got to got to put a little pressure on the quarterback. The thing about JT Daniels is he's he's for the most part stays in the pocket, but he but he does have pocket presence. Sure, and so. I think he has pocket patience too, and when you when you have that, uh, your your uh, defensive backs, your safeties, um, they're going to have to stay disciplined um, because you can't let a receiver get loose. Because I think J T. Daniels will make you pay for it, and they've got a couple of guys that uh, that, that 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 is the case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Risa chimes in this morning. She says, "Y'all make my day." Thank you, Risa. We're, we are glad for you, because you are the one. <laughs> we are we are thrilled to have you. 6.23 this morning here on the morning drive. Red Raiders take on West Virginia Saturday afternoon. It's a 2 o'clock kickoff. Optimum game day live coverage presented by United Supermarkets begins at 7 a.m. Uh, bright and early Saturday morning. We'll recap the high school stuff uh, from the night before. Uh, which will feature among the games Coronado at Abilene High on Oldies 97.7, Lubbock Cooper at Monterey on 100.7, the score and friendship hosting Odessa Permian here on Double T 97.3. There's NFL football week seven already uh, for the National Football League. Um, this this may be a must winner. <laughs> Speaking of must wins, you know, the Arizona Cardinals have not had the start to their season that Maybe some thought what they would based on what was coming back, but some some I you know heard discussion this morning going, well they really haven't been favored in very many games and they're not and they're they're in a situation tonight where they're hosting the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are, you know, they're curious about their quarterback uh, who's going to start for them tonight. Kyler Murray, of course, will go for uh, Coach Kingsbury's group, but uh, it's it's important that they start you know putting some. You know, some people on the some wins on the scoreboard. Um, DeAndre Hopkins back for this one. Uh, I, I think so. Uh, Marquise Brown. They said yesterday is out for at least a month with a left foot injury. 
His status beyond that is unknown, but he's out uh, indefinitely. Uh, they traded for former Carolina Panther wide receiver Robbie Anderson. They did welcome back uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, that, and, and that's a real problem for him because that was one of Kyler Murray's big targets. Sure. And he was suspended for the first six games on his own behalf for violating the performance-enhancing drug yeah, policy. I mean, one of the best receivers in the league when yeah. he's right. So, so it's, it's hard to hold, you know, Coach Kingsbury and, and his group completely accountable when you got a guy on the team that's selfish and does performance-enhancing drugs and gets popped and, uh, you know, lose, they lose him for six games. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, that's kind of the, the way it worked. You're listening to the Morning Drive Podcast from Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3, recapping the night that was in the world of sports. A little bit later on tonight, uh, we'll have uh, the Astros and the Diamondbacks. That'll be at 8. And then the Rangers playing at Seattle uh, tonight. And also bringing some humor to your day. Was it pretty big? Yeah. I mean, it was impressive? A, yeah. Was it fascinating? It was. I thought it was fascinating. It kind of smelled, but I mean. <laughs> Hear the show live weekday mornings at 6 on Double T 97.3 or on the Double T 97.3 mobile app. Time for this day in sports history. Here is Jeff McGuire. Going to start in 1934 because a Major League Baseball All-Star team led by Connie Mack, including Babe Ruth, Jimmy Fox, and Lou Gehrig, sails for Japan for an 18-game series against Big Six University League. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Sales for Japan. Well, yeah, because, you know, planes and stuff weren't really great across the Pacific <laughs> right, at this point. Right. I mean, you could. Hard, hard to refuel. Stopping uh, halfway the point. It's not really a halfway point to stop. 1946. Frank Sino returns a kickoff for 105 yards and a touchdown as the Chicago Cards beat the New York Giants. 1947, radio rights for the Baseball World Series sell for $475,000 for three years. 1963, Jim Brown sends an NFL single-season rushing record of 1,863 yards. 1968, American Dick Fosbury, using his unconventional technique, wins the men's high jump gold medal with 2.24 meters at the Mexico City Olympics. The Fosbury flop becomes the most accepted, efficient technique going forward. I was going to say, when his parents were in the stands watching that, uh, Dad turned to Mom and went, well, he didn't flop. And Mom goes, well, he did. (laughs) As good as I got today. It's going to be a long show. 1973, (laughs) U.S. President Nixon proclaims Jim Thorpe to be the bet to have been the greatest athlete in the first half of the 20th century. So, who is the best one in the second half? <laughs> Hard not to say, Bo, when you think of like pure athlete of uh, the second half of the 20th century. I, I mean, his a- athletic accomplishments are pretty dang cool. Um, I mean, if you were going to go that route, wouldn't you throw Dion in there? Wouldn't you throw... I mean, who's the better two-star athlete, Bo or Dion? Bo. Bo. Bo was a better baseball player and at least as good a football player. No. You think Dion's, Dion's, Dion's maybe the greatest... <laughs> Dion may be the greatest cover corner in the history of football. Bo was not the best running back in the history of football. No, he wasn't. The, uh, he didn't play long enough. He didn't play long enough. That's the, yeah, that's I would, the catch. I would give you Bo as a... I think that's even tight. I My vote would go for Dion, But it's they're both great. Well, sure. They're both great. I mean, we're, we're, we're probably arguing over... I, but I think longevity... Oh, Dion had the longevity for sure. ...is a factor here because of Bo's injuries. Yeah. Injury. I mean, yeah. Was, well, what? I mean, that... that that could, have, that could have changed things. I I think I would have to go with Dion. I think I would have to agree with Jamie. Okay, but I don't well, think you guys I can be wrong. It's but fine. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that I would go with either one of them. I, I think I might. I mean, I think I might go Michael Jordan. I was thinking um, 
I was thinking Michael Phelps because of his longevity, and then I was thinking of Usain Bolt as well. Like the thing with Phelps and Bolt, superior sprinter, superior swimmer. Over a long period of time. Over a long period. No argument. But when I think of athlete, I think of can do more than one. Phelps wasn't doing the Fosbury flop. <laughs> he was just in the pool. He was just a swimmer. Jordan played baseball, too. And Jordan golf. did play baseball. Golf and go- played a lot of golf. <laughs> what was the guy who was in the movie, the world's greatest athlete? Kurt, what was his name? Kurt Wilson? No. <laughs> no. Movie star. It's like not married to Goldie Hawn, but they've been together forever. Oh, um, computer that wore tennis shoes. Yeah, um, that guy. No, I know exactly. He's the he's the world's greatest athlete. And and I'd like to take a thirty. I don't mean to offend you two, but if I'm talking about the greatest athlete of all time or over a fifty year stretch, I am not picking a swimmer. Okay. (laughs) No, I I wouldn't either. I, I, I just threw it out there. Yeah, well, I, I also threw it out there. Greatest Olympic, <laughs> greatest Olympic champion, no argument. Sure, but uh, whatever. We're we're talking about different skills. <laughs> Anyhow, moving on. Nineteen eighty-two. Say Bo Jackson. God well, I I'll take Bo Jackson over Michael Phelps. Yes, really. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kurt Russell. Thank you, Thank Exploring you. Center chat line. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah. I have to look that up here. I, I was still stuck on Kurt Wilson. So. <laughs> 1982 uh, Baseball World Series. The St. Louis Cardinals beat the Milwaukee Brewers 6-3 at Bush Stadium for a four-games-to-three series triumph. St. Louis catcher Daryl Porter is your MVP. Also on this day in 1982, Billy Martin is fired as the Oakland A's manager. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's when he beat up the marshmallow salesman. Seriously. Marshmallow salesman. Yeah. Okay. 1992, first Baseball World Series game played outside of the United States. Mm. Toronto Blue Jays beat the Atlanta Braves 3-2 in Game 3 at Sky Dome in Toronto, Ontario. It is National Brandied Fruit Day. Happy birthday to Snoop, who's 51. Okay. Easy. Uh, Willis McGahee, 42, and Keith Hernandez is 69. And on this day in... Well, actually, a couple of days ago on this day in 1977, uh, members of the rock band Aerosmith inspected an airplane that they were considering chartering for their upcoming tour. A Convair 240 operated out of Addison, Texas. There were concerns over the flight crew led Aerosmith to look somewhere else for their charter. That decision saved one band... And uh, it cost another one. Cost a, doomed another one. Aircraft in question was instead chartered by the band Leonard Skinner, who were the, uh, just setting out on an autumn nationwide tour that promised to be the biggest to date. On this day in 1977, however, during the flight from Greenville, South Carolina to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, their tour plane crashed in a heavily wooded era, uh, area of su- southwestern Mississippi during a failed emergency landing attempt, killing man, band members Ronnie Van Zant, Steve Gaines, and Cassie Gaines as well as the band's assistant road manager and the plane's pilot and co-pilot. 20 others survived the crash. And that is this day in sports history. I've never heard that story. <laughs> About the Aerosmith? About Aerosmith to Leonard Skinner. No, man, it feels like, why is that not made into a movie? Mm. Great question. Great question. That's a crazy story. But it it, uh, it is Verdun, so it uh, was very, very unfortunate, clearly. Mm-hmm. All right, time for our secret word of the day, all right? <clears throat> so if you're tired of playing the national radio contest, just play ours, okay? It's really, really easy. All you have to do is listen at 645, 845, and 445 every single day, and we will give you a secret word, okay? And then all you have to do is go to doubletea973.com. I'm looking at you telling you this like I didn't think you even knew this, but I know I know that you know this. This is part of your creation. <laughs> so I don't know why I'm looking at you going, Jamie, if you do this, because you're not even eligible to win. But you are the fine listening public. Go to DoubleT973.com. The Home Zone and Double T 973 want to give you $10,000. We'll give you a check, and you get to shake the hand of On Highest. And uh, 
go out and do whatever it is that you want to do with $10,000. They hope that you make your home a better home by shopping at the Home Zone. 645, our secret word is Astros. 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 A-S-T-R-O-S. Astros. Really, really, really easy. Uh, Astros won last night over the New York Yankees. They will play again today. Okay. They will. Astros, our secret word of the day here at 651. Uh, the marshmallow salesman that Billy Martin beat up, that led to his dismissal of the New York Yankees in 1979. And then the Oakland A's hired him and then promptly fired him, what, on this day in 1982. Okay. okay. So. It's fun. Uh, he... His punch of the marshmallow salesman re- reportedly required stitches of up to 15 to 20 to co- close a cut lip. <laughs> Goodness. Oh, my gosh. That's a lot of stitches that's for a, a lip. Lo- that's a lot of stitches for a lip. So, you know, that's uh, just, the la- just one of Billy Martin's many transgressions. 6.55 this morning. <laughs> Bless, excuse me, uh, here on the morning drive. Sports Center is next, and uh, we'll continue our discussion of Texas Tech football. I've got a very interesting stat from the West Virginia numbers All right. to throw at you that could, could provide a problem or it could provide a solution to Saturday's game. Your morning blend of sports. K-State is uh, coming off a big win over Oklahoma. Of course, the Red Raiders off their 37-34 overtime win over number 22 Texas and humor. Sure to tell them that you you suggested that, <laughs> and of course they got a big laugh. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three. Catch the show live weekdays from six to nine on Double T ninety seven three FM or on the Double T ninety seven three mobile app. You can uh, chime in too on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to Double T ninety seven three com for that or the mobile app. Uh, it'll be interesting to see um, this Graham Harrell offense uh, that comes into town uh, for uh, West Virginia and uh, and what he has done, his his tweaks of it. Uh, Coach Joy McGuire the other day was asked about uh, the former Texas Tech quarterback who's now the West Virginia offensive coordinator in terms of how big can Graham be for an offense as a coach. Yeah, I think it's big, you know, whenever you have a guy like Graham that, you know, played at such a high level. The thing, more than anything, of playing the position, he's a coach's kid, you know, and and he's a coach's kid of one of the greatest high school coaches, uh, I think, in the nation, you know, that has a a fingerprint on a lot of stuff that people are doing, and he was doing it long, Sam Harrell was doing it long before uh, anybody else was. So I think growing up like that, I still, you know, I know Graham very well. Sam's one of my mentors. I still remember Graham, you know, whenever he's in middle school and he's throwing, uh, you know, fade balls into a bucket whenever we'd come over and and play seven-on-seven against Dennis. I mean, his eighth-grade year, he won our seven-on-seven tournament with the varsity football team. And, you know, he's in eighth grade, and he's the quarterback. And so, um, you know, he's just got a great understanding for the game and and does a really good job, has a has a really good demeanor, I think, about calling the game, doesn't get too high or too low. And, and just, uh, I mean, he's, he's been a guy who did it in North Texas, did it. Uh, you know USC, and he's doing it at West Virginia. That was a that was a really big pickup for Coach Brown getting him as the OC. Yeah, you kind of think about it. You know, when you go from you know Cliff Kingsbury and and that run of quarterbacks that you had that included Graham Harrell over those over those years. You know, BJ Simmons was he was he was not level headed. Uh, you know, he had he had some emotion to him, but you know uh, the other guys, Cody Hodges, you know. Graham Harrell, Kingsbury, they, they all had a, a very similar demeanor about mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably probably not a surprise that uh, that uh, Harrell has become a coach. Uh, like uh, Coach McGuire said, he's a coach's kid, and and probably uh, probably is a good fit for uh, for Neil Brown. A um, couple other things here from uh, from basically the the press conference the other day. Uh, Tim DeRuiter was talked about, was asked about. Uh, the quarterback that they're going to face, JT Daniels. He so far this year, Jamie, 139 of 218. He has thrown three interceptions. Uh, he's thrown for 1,492 yards, nine touchdowns. His longest has been 67. Um, he was asked about does facing a quarterback that wants to throw help the pass rush because this is not a guy that's going to scramble like what we've seen with, you know, K State or Oklahoma State and, 
and what you'll see with with TCU. Well, I think anytime you, you're dealing with a mobile quarterback, uh, it becomes a concern for your guys. Um, but they, they've done a nice job protecting JT. Um, you know, the teams that have pressured him, I think have, you know, uh, thrown him off a little bit. Um, we've got to mix our pressures, but, you know, they've got some threats on the outside in particular that one-on-one situations win their share of 50-50 balls or more than their share of 50-50 balls. Um, so you got to be, you know, concerned with that and, and, and mix your pressures along with getting, you know, good pressure out of our four-down front, and hopefully we'll be able to you know, do that on, on Saturday. Probably of greater concern or as, as great a concern is that not only to JT Daniels, but the guys that he's throwing the ball to, Bryce Ford Wheaton and Caden Prather. Uh, Wheaton has uh, 40 grabs, 463 yards, four touchdowns. Longest was 67. And Prather has 36 for 369 yards and uh, has three touchdowns. And then Sam Jones, he's caught 23 balls for 357, and his longest was for 59. So uh, they had the ability to get explosive plays, and here's Tim DeRuiter on the wide receivers that posed a problem for West Virginia. Well, you know, zero uh, for them. He's a big guy. Both their outside receivers are big, long players. Uh, they're vertical threats. They, they, you know, can use their body on 50-50 throws. And, you know, I like our, our matchups with, with our two corners. I think they've been doing a pretty good job on, you know, particularly on vertical uh, shots. We've taken a lot of them. Um, but th- that's a concern because you see him go up and, and make plays on just about everybody. I, I, I think, uh, you know, JT does a really nice job of throwing the ball over underneath coverage. And they got guys that can go up, you know, with their, their length and their, their jumping ability to go up and get it. Uh, so that's concern. They do a really nice job in their screen game. And, and uh, you know, it's something we've worked on during, you know, our, our bye week because we didn't fit some screens as well as we should have. Um, but between the two of those, it's, it's, you know, it's a concern. You want to rush the passer, then they're getting the ball out on the screens and draws. Um, and, you know, if, if you don't get to the quarterback, you know, the shots are coming. So zero is Bryce Ford Wheaton. He's a redshirt junior. He's 6'3", 224. And three is Caden Prather. He is a 6'4", 211-pound sophomore. Um, so, obviously, he talked about the length there, and you see Yeah, it. Prather is the one that looks like to, seems like he makes the most plays in the games that I've watched, Okay, especially near the goal line. Okay. Uh, the Red Raiders uh, are expected to have more out of Adrian Fry this week, so we'll see Good. see how, how much that, help, that helps. Uh, and then they're really high on Tyler Owens uh, as well. I mean, He's come in and, and really done a nice job for him. I thought him. he played well last week, yep. last last game. Yeah. Yep. So there's there's a couple things um, on that. Uh, one last thing from uh, Coach Tim DeRuiter, and I, I think this is just a, it seems like it's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Uh, but he talks about the depth of the front seven of for, uh, his depth uh, of the front seven on the defensive line and what what that has helped and how that has helped the Red Raiders. Yeah, I think uh, Tyreek and Jake uh, are doing a really nice job. The more we're putting them out, the more confidence they're playing with. Um, and, and both of them bring some things to the table. And so, uh, you know, I think the more they play, the fresher we can be, you know, with Krishan, uh, you know, and, and with uh, Kosai. Uh, if you can play with four guys there, it really helps you. You know, we played 90 whatever snaps the other day. If you got to play all 90 of them, that's, that's a you know that's a tough order. And, but if you can, you know, maybe get 20 or 30 out of those other guys, you know, now it's much more reasonable. You can be fresher in the fourth quarter. Same thing up front. Uh, Miles Cole's coming on. Uh, you know, Vidal's I think done a nice job for us. And uh, uh, I'm trying to think who else we got there. Yeah, Joseph has really come on uh, up front. So, you know, to see him come on has been a, a real nice plus for us because he's got a you know bright future ahead of him. And, uh, you know, we got to get Tyree out of there at times, and, and he's done a nice job being able to spell him. That's uh, Texas Tech defensive coordinator Tim DeRuiter. Uh, you know, just, just in, in listening to him, and you, I mean, he's an older guy. He's experienced. He's been a head coach before at Fresno State and – you know, came to Tech from Oregon. It just obviously spent some time at A&M, too. Um, you know, you have to think that that 
experience that he brings from all those places and coupled with inheriting a better defense than most of our new defensive coordinators have inherited you, sure. you have to think that that has um has really helped um this this defense get better and i'm not, look i'm not saying that they're great or that they're that they've solved all the problems of the world they just they seem to they seem to cause you less problems than previous defenses here well, I think that's fair to say. You know, I think mm-hmm. that they have filled some holes. And yeah, it's I, just nice to hear that they've got backups that can come in and have mm-hmm. quali- and spell the quality guys so mm-hmm. that they can be fresh at the end of the game. Yeah, and the previous staff probably deserves a little bit of credit mm-hmm. for that as mm-hmm. well. But, um, yeah, I think Coach DeRuder does, with his experience, that really helps. But I think he's taken them to a new level with the players that you had and the new ones that you've added to the mix as well. Yeah. All right, 724 this morning. Here on the morning drive, got a couple of more things. One that I think that you're going to be very, very interested in from Coach McGuire about uh, fielding punts and where they are supposed to have their <coughs> heels on the on the line, so to speak. Okay, I mm-hmm. think you'll I think you'll uh, hit the desk and go salute, right? And then um, Coach Zach Kitley uh, compares. Not that he's comparing him, but he was asked about this. Baron Morton and Patrick Mahomes on being a gunslinger and being told to just go ball. So we'll get uh, Coach Kitley's thoughts on that as well this morning here on the morning drive. But first, Jamie's question of the day. That is next on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Your morning dose of coffee and sports. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Catch the show live weekdays from 6 to 9 on Double T 97.3 FM or on the Double T 97.3 mobile app. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. 7.31 this morning on the Morning Drive. Your question, sir. All right, we're going to flip over to Red Raider basketball for this question. We saw the preseason poll come out this Mm -hmm. week. We saw the preseason projections as far as the Big 12 Conference goes. Saw that come out as well. Red Raiders were picked to finish tied for fifth. Mm -hmm. In front of them was Kansas, Baylor, Texas, TCU. Correct? Yes. Okay. So I want Baylor you to, was the one that was picked. To, Baylor to was first. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I wasn't. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't mean to try to put those in order. No, I was I, just throwing I, them out there. Okay. Um, so my question for you today is: Which team do you think has the potential for the Red Raiders to leapfrog and mm. be up closer to the top of the conference, or maybe even be on top of the conference? Which team do you are you not as sold on? Um, I'm not as sold on TCU. TCU. I'm not as sold on TCU. Uh, I'm also not just completely sold on, on Oklahoma State. I mean, you're, they listed Tech tied for fifth, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. with Oklahoma State. Um, <clears throat> you know, the... I think, I think over test of time, we would have to acknowledge that Kansas and Baylor have done a pretty good job of you know, if, if they're projected to finish high in the Big 12, that they generally have done that for the last few years. I'm not sure that Texas has earned that street cred yet because they've been, you know, up and down, so to speak. Now, obviously, coaching change and having a new coach, you know, one year in, um, it seems like he's he has reloaded, but you did, he did beat him twice last year. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and granted, everybody flips their roster every year, so it's it's really hard to say what you know, kind of what you have and what they have, and what's what's the difference between them and you, you know, specifically. So I'm going to say TCU is what I'm going to say, and I'm going to say Oklahoma State because I I think you'll finish above both those two. Okay, I would love to say Texas, but. Chris Beard, unfortunately, and I can't believe I'm saying this, knows how to coach basketball and knows how to get guys to perform. We've seen it here in person. Um, And he knows how to turn the roster over and get it ready, especially in his second year. TCU is the one I kind of went, huh, interesting. 
I it it feels cheap that they're the next one up since you're tied with Oklahoma State to say that that's the one you can leapfrog. I don't know that one spot is a leapfrog, but I don't think you're leapfrogging the defending national champions or uh, the team that's picked to win the Big 12 over the national champions. Uh, so I guess by default, it's TCU. Okay, I, I think I'm going with Texas. I mean, if you guys remember back to last year, there was that team was in disarray for a while mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. and there were some guys that left that weren't happy. I just think that you're going to continue to see that with Chris Beard style or Chris Beard coach teams. Well, I think you could say, I think, I think saying mm-hmm. style is, is important in terms of how he works them. Yeah. Just how, how, I, I don't know that it's about them practicing too hard or whatever. I just don't know that they, I think that you're, you, you've seen guys get there and maybe don't like the personality. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I just wonder how, like, bring the Hunter kid into the mix, how that's all going to, how that chemistry is all going to work there. Uh, so I, I feel like they're the team that, I, while I think they're an extremely talented team, they're the team I think has the potential to kind of self-destruct a little bit because of chemistry issues. And I think Beard is 100% a part of that. Okay. Yeah, I get the TCU part of it, though, just because, I mean, if you're going off of, you know, previous years, Mm -hmm. I mean, TCU hasn't been that team, but I mean, they've got the conference player of the year. They've got a really impressive big, I think it's a, you know, their recruiting class this past year was good. So I, I I think TCU is trending in the right direction but have they made that much of a jump i'm not sure okay yeah no and and it's just uh to some degree it's so so hard to tell because of how much churn there is in basketball and then Mm -hmm. you know yeah no doubt you know and 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 let's face it i mean we got our own churn here (laughs) you know but but no doubt, we, we've but, become the masters at it. We have. Well, maybe masters, not fair, but, but we've become pretty good at it. And we've become uh, accustomed to it as well, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so you kind of look at this. It's, I just, uh, I just, um, I'm just in a point, I'm just not there yet in terms of um, this team uh, being able to just give you a, a feel, you know? Feel really good about Kevin O'Banner coming back. You know, you've got, you know, this Pops Isaacs that, that everybody's just in love with. Um, you're, you're two big fellas. Um, I'm really curious the, about the development of, of Daniel uh, Bacho. 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 Um, and then Fardar Zamak, you know, how long is he out? Mm-hmm. What And what kind of impact is that uh, on your uh, on your team? So... And what what does Davion Harmon bring uh, to your ball club? All those all those things, you know. And how does that all? And then the other thing is, it, it, I'm real curious about Jalen Tyson. He's the kid from Texas who yeah. left left there and came here at semester. Well, it feels like the the guy that's getting the most hype right now is Elijah Fisher, mm-hmm. five star recruit that it looks like he feels like he's going to be penciled in as a starter. And heard reports yesterday that his defense is is really impressive as well. So that that's a guy that I think um you know has the potential to be a game changer for you. Okay. Adding him to the mix. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. it's it it's uh it's it's coming up fast and furious. I mean, uh they're into the uh the secret games right now. Uh the women have a secret game this weekend. Um the men had had their secret game. Um, and then uh, the men had one already. I think the men had one okay. already uh, against Tulsa, huh? um, and uh, the women have one on Sunday. Fun. They're going to go to Area Fifty One to play this game. Good. You know where that is? It's where the aliens are. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. keep everybody. It's, it's that secret. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know if he's making a joke or if he's being serious. I just, well, I'm just, I just nod and move on. Well, you just, it's not a, um, 
it's not one that anybody can attend but the coaches and the support staffs. Right. So that's why it's that's why it's a secret game. And just I was trying to be funny mm-hmm. with the Area Fifty One deal because it's going to be in Roswell. Okay. Like okay. I said, going to be a long show. <clears throat> <laughs> we'll be here all week. We you just got me. You just got to worry about me one more day, and then and then you get a bit of a respite. You don't have to worry about. You get me just for an hour on Saturday, and then I, I promise I'm not going to come sit next to you at the football game. Okay, okay. you don't. Well, you do not have to worry about that. So, right, but then I get you for another like say forty minutes or so for the post game show. Yeah, I get you too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all it's all it's all it's all good. Uh, this from the Eight Point Center chat line. Uh, I hope you're right, Jamie, with regard to Texas. It is amazing that he had Coach Adams with every success. Uh, TCU is good, but the, give the Dell his due. Texas Tech history should show Texas Tech in the mix with Baylor and Kansas. We have outperformed preseason ranks every year since Keenan Evans. Certainly cannot be arrogant in this Big 12. Oh, man, you can't because mm-hmm. there's just so many talented teams. Uh, Bullfighter wants me to leave the dad jokes to the other guys. Yes, yeah, I wouldn't even try to make a dad joke. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll leave it to somebody else. Well, the problem is my joke reading. I, I missed the part where I'm, I'm supposed to laugh. You know, we need some, <laughs> one of those people that holds the sign up for laugh. the studio audience to laugh, but for, for this show, then or? we'll know it's a joke. Oh, okay. You didn't miss it, Jamie. Okay. Yeah. I, I couldn't, told you I couldn't tell if you were being serious or not. I'm a terrible joke teller. But I, I don't, it, I mean, it is going to be in Roswell. Getting your sports day started the right way. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, breaking down the biggest games. If Texas Tech does not win the Big 12 football conference, who are you rooting for to win the conference if Tech does not win it this year? Well, busting some chops along the way. I hold back on sending you stuff. I mean, I'm very, very, very judicious. We spend three hours a day, five right? days a week together. Why yeah. do, Why would yeah. we need to communicate during the weekends? <laughs> right. Save we it for the show. We, know. We, save, we do. We save it for the show. Tune into the Morning Drive live weekdays from 6 to 9 on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3. I took a lot of drugs this morning, so... I'm all up in that, homie. I may get higher by, by Friday. The Morning Drive on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Hey, good morning. It's uh, the Morning Drive on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3. Uh, Kirk reminds me, Big Lou is who I was thinking of. Big Lou, I'm on meds too. He's the guy that's selling the long-term insurance. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. You, you hear Big Lou every once in a while. Okay. Well, it's almost time for a Big Lou commercial. I hope the meds helped Big Lou. <laughs> I'm, hope, I'm hoping the same thing for uh, you as well. <laughs> well meds help out. I took, I, took them, I took them this morning. I don't know. Maybe I need a, a stronger dose. Maybe change the order tomorrow. <laughs> change the order tomorrow. Or, or okay. the dosage or something. Yeah. Or maybe not take them with a, you know, fifth of whiskey. <laughs> fifth of whiskey. <laughs> Oh man, I don't. I you know I don't think I've ever. I well, I don't. I know that I've never done this show. You know, inebriated. So, I I, I know that that comes to, to some shock to some of you because you think that there's something in my coffee, but there's not. Okay, uh, homecoming festivities. Homecoming this weekend. I know. I know. I know that you know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, today is the uh, today's the bummer day. It's the Texan Memorial. Uh, 5.30 at Memorial Circle, okay, in Student Union Building. So, anyway, so tomorrow tomorrow is the Rowdy Raider Rally at 11.30 at the Red Raider Plaza. And then, uh, weather permitting, and I think we're going to, uh, I think we're going to have a, um, a beautiful day for uh, a homecoming parade tomorrow night. Okay? Good. Awesome. Six o'clock, you know, palms, band, cheer, you know, floats fraternity sorority all that kind of stuff that'll be tomorrow and then the pep rally and bonfire is uh, tomorrow night at uh, urbanovsky park urbanovsky park uh, weather permitting again everything's weather permitting but it'll all be all right okay i think saturday's going to be a beautiful day too I think after the parade you should cruise over to baseball they're having a scrimmage tomorrow night i think okay. it doesn't start till seven thirty. nice 
right after the parade. That'd be perfect. Can we <laughs> snuggle up next to you and, and pick your brain for knowledge? You're on... not going to be there. I don't even have to worry about it. <laughs> no, I'm not going to make it. Sorry. Sorry, I'm not going to be able to uh, to make it. <laughs> I I promised this to you because it's been a little bit of a... It's a little bit been a little bit of a, a, a question mark, I think, this year with regard to the Red Raiders and and punt receiving and even kickoff receiving. But here's uh, Coach Joey McGuire on um, punt returns and their policy on when to let it go and uh, when to catch it. Oh, yeah, don't make that choice. You know, I think I said it last week, but, you know, and that's the entire team. You know, we, we made some choices that <clears throat> that's not a choice to make. That's a, That should not be a fielded punt, you know, when you go out on the field and you know that. And whether the moment or what, whatever you see – um, you do it, you know, that's something that we don't want to do. I mean, we want to put our heels anywhere from the 8 to 10-yard line, and if it goes over our head, then we want to take the chance that that ball is going to go in the end zone uh, because whether it's at the 2-yard line or the 5-yard line, you're still in a bad situation for your offense, and we don't want to put our guys there. So we got to make the choices um, and the decisions. we got to do a better job, you know, with that. So that was about taking the ball uh, on a punt inside the 5-yard line like what happened last week. So there you have it, heels on the 8 to 10. And if it's there, if it's going to be inside of that, take your chances on letting it go into the end zone. Yeah, yeah. it seems like that's everybody's policy. You just got to make sure the players are executing that. And maybe it's that last little reminder. Hey, hey, Joey, remember, heels on the 8, okay? It's just sometimes it's hard to... And, and I think it's another one of those things where easier said than done sometimes because you get there and you get in the moment and you see it coming down. You kind of forget where you are. You got somebody barreling down on you and you're trying to concentrate on catching the ball. And I think you also have to, I mean, I don't know that it's as simple as that. I mean, maybe Coach McGuire could correct me. But, okay, in my opinion, if it's, um, you know, if, if it's one that's, you know, trajectory is extremely high Mm -hmm. and they've got men down there that looks like that they have an opportunity if because of the way the trajectory is coming down that this thing could bounce high in the air and they would be there to down it at the two or whatever then yeah call the fair catch at the eight call the fair catch at the 10 Mm -hmm. whatever but i think the issue that probably everybody's noticed last week in the oklahoma state game is not only did you back up to the five-yard line, but it was a line drive kick. That thing was going to bounce one time and probably go to the back wall. Okay, this was not one that was yeah. going to get downed behind you. So, I mean, you you really didn't read the kick. You didn't there. You know, you didn't read the fact that there was nobody there to down it. If you let it bounce, it was going to bounce through. And then you also didn't read where you were on the field. So that was you know a complete meltdown in that regard. Yeah. I, I, I want, and I just, okay, this is a random thought that's just gone through my head. Okay, so it's not been vetted. Okay, so just kind of brace yourself here for an opinion that you might go, that's ah, kind of like flat bases, Chuck. I wonder if these football fields today, the new ones, you know, with all the crushed up rubber and the the the, 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 the grass and how it is, it seems like we're seeing more and more balls check up when they when they land than we have previously. In other words, you know, previously with you know whether it's gra- it, it, with the old artificial turf, man, that thing it was like it was harder, yeah, so it, was, it would it was, probably yeah continue that way. This 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 new you know type of turf that they've been and it's it's not like brand new technology. I mean, they've been doing this for about the last, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, And they water these fields still because they have to keep the, the, you know, the rubber kind of from getting too hard and brittle. I just wonder if, if some of these fields, when they're, when they put them in, if some fields are more prone to being, if the ball will check up and I'm not saying they're doing it intentionally or anything like that, but it just seems like we're seeing more of these balls that just kind of, land and it's almost like they stick it like a gymnast does i i think that makes sense that balls would be it would be more likely for them to not bounce and bounce through the back just because the ground's not as 
the the surface is not as hard mm-hmm. that you're playing on. But I feel like they were way better at it back in the day of getting balls downed inside the the ten yard line. So I, th- I just thought the punters were more accurate. Okay. I think punters have bigger legs now, but I don't mm-hmm. think they have the accuracy. Okay. Ability to say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm I'm at midfield. I can put this thing, I can make it bounce at the 10 and have them down yeah, it at the, the four. Old, the old yeah. coffin corner kind of deal. Yeah. I, just, I, I don't know that guys are that as skilled anymore. I, mean, I, I That, again, I have no research behind that. I just feel like in the past they used to see them get downed more. Mm-hmm. Now, not as much. Uh, somebody says this. Oh, no, Chuck, it is all technique. No, well, maybe. I, I don't know. Your, your ability to... What, what athletes have the ability to do with in their particular sport, um, you know, when you kind of see how a baseball player can handle a bat or how a golfer can handle a golf, uh, you know, a club and what they can do with things when they're just kind of because they practice so much. Sure. So it would not surprise me if a kicker said, oh, yeah, you know, if nobody's coming at me and we're just doing this in practice, yeah, I can I can kick a ball in a bucket or whatever. Well, and what they're trying to do is they're trying to get the, again, I could be wrong here. They're trying to get the nose of the football to hit where it's going to push back mm-hmm. rather than go forward. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a skill to that. Yeah. There's a skill to that. There's a technique to that um, that I could never in my wildest imagination figure out. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think there's some skill there, but I mean, it's just science. If you're playing on blacktop, the ball's going to bounce higher sure, sure. and more likely to roll farther Sure. compared to playing on a turf that's softer. Yeah. Yeah. So you comparing it to the old artificial surfaces, it probably is easier for them to get it to yeah. slow down a little bit. Check up. Uh, this from the Ace Flying Center chat line. But there are some cases where the ball does stick. For example, Tex turf is really short shaved looking. Other places could have longer turf, but it's also a ton of technique. For instance, and I've not been on I've not been on the turf at the new ballpark in Arlington, but it sure looks like that grass is longer than some places. That yeah. artificial grass is no. longer than some places. Yeah, teams definitely adjust the grass based on their pitching staff and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And sometimes, or their team, the way they hit, if they're, you know, put the ball on the ground on a bunch or water. Whatever. You know, yeah. if the if the infield dirt is real dirt, water that water the dirt a little bit more, depending on, mm-hmm. you know, they let the grass grow. They used to let the grass grow a little bit longer if it was a ground ball pitcher. You know, things along those lines. Somebody says, uh, thank you for this, Chick. Uh, tell Chuck the technology has changed three or four times in the last 15 years. Thank, thank you. Appreciate that. You've been listening to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. For more from Lubbock Sports Station, go to double T 973.com.